the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the Heart of Innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org. In partnership with Cardiovascular System Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm with Dr. John Phillips, and today we are going to be talking about gaps in healthcare, serving some of the most vulnerable communities who suffer from one of the most debilitating diseases most have never even heard of, yet impacts one in five over the age of 60. It's called peripheral artery disease, or PAD, which is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries that restricts blood flow to the lower extremities. Now, we are live. You might hear a little background noise. But we're live at our nonprofit, The Way to My Heart's Making the Impossible Possible Patient Conference, where we are sharing information with patients about cutting edge treatments that are available to treat the narrowed and blocked arteries, arteries mainly in the legs. So, gosh, Dr. Phillips, I wish you were here. Uh, yeah, I do too. I'm, you might hear a little. You're in an airport. Well, I'm, <laughs> where are you going? I'm in the airport. I was. I was doing, I'm in Newark right now, doing a uh, educational uh, course for Cook Medical. And uh, we were teaching fellows and uh, early attending uh, uh, actual pedal access, so specialized access for folks with critical lymphemia, PAD, uh, the patients that, that we're talking about right now. So we had a great time. I'm just waiting to catch my flight. So sorry for any background noise. No, that's okay. I mean, you got to travel. We want you back. <laughs> I had the most crazy Oh, no, Chicago's great. It's so amazing. We have about 14 um, of our friends with peripheral artery disease that are here, excited to learn. And go. I'm so thankful I got here. Um, this is, you know, conference is happening following a doctor conference called AMP. And that is a conference where doctors are also learning some of the cutting edge uh, tools and techniques used to unblock arteries in the legs. And ultimately, some of those doctors are going to be sharing what they learned during the conference with a lot of these patients who suffer from this disorder. But I was supposed to come into this conference earlier this week, and then my dad ended up uh, throwing a little wrench into it. He decided to Superman backwards off a curb. And he broke his femur. He broke his right arm. We ended up in four hours away from the house in the middle of nowhere. And he had to be ambulance to the hospital. Uh, While he's in there, my dad has heart disease. And literally, they had him laying flat on a bed for nine and a half hours 
This is a patient with heart disease, and there was no orthopedic consult right away. The orthopedic didn't even review his records on day one. They kept thinking that they, he was going to have surgery on that day. So they left him lying there alone in the emergency room until I finally showed up. And I was like, um, has he used the facilities? Has he used the restroom? Have you given him pain meds? Uh, what about some sort of aspirin or Levinox or something? He's a heart disease patient. He's a vascular patient. You can't have a vascular patient just lying on their back for nine and a half hours. And it was really just amazing to me how little the emergency room, the physicians there understood about vascular disease patients. And it's something that I think we need greater education there. And it leads us into what are some of the gaps for patients who have these vascular diseases, such as heart disease, such as peripheral artery disease. And I think one of them is education for even the physicians themselves, other than the cardiologists, right? So, so it was Kim, quite yeah, the experience. A couple, a couple, yeah, a couple of points that you, you touched on. And, and number one, I was happy and we were privileged to broadcast some live cases uh, from our hospital in Columbus to the AMP conference in Chicago. So we did. We were able to participate, and we really enjoy that. Uh, number two, with respect to your dad's ordeal in the emergency room, our emergency room is extremely overpopulated right now. Patients are staying in the hospitals longer. Emergency rooms are now using the term boarding patients, meaning they need to be admitted, but they don't have beds for them. So the patients right. are sitting in the emergency room. And it's really tough because the emergency room doctors, they are not there to you know, admit these folks and, and take care of them once they're admitted. So it's, it's creating a little bit of a, a mini crisis in, in our area. And I imagine, imagine that's what your dad was experiencing. I hope he, I hope he does well though. And is doing well. Yeah, he's doing a lot better, but I also had to educate the orthopedic surgeon on the fact that you need to give him some sort of Xarelto or blood, other blood thinner um, after a procedure for about 30 to 35 days. See, I listened to you, Dr. Phillips. Yeah, I know. After listening to you what to do, and so I was able to coach the doctor and he was able to say, oh, yes, actually, you're right. We do need to do that. Because the last time that he had a hip replacement, he did end up with clotting and that caused a problem. So this time around, um, we were able to help uh, make sure that that didn't happen. And he's doing much better. He's back home. We had to drive him um, six hours home uh, because of traffic, but whew, I made well, at least it. At least he's doing better. Do, do we have, do we have, do we have time for our, our quote for the, for the week? Yes. Your quote of the and day. I, and I, You're a little bit, I need and inspiration. Yes, my quote of the day. <laughs> yes. I need some inspiration. Well, this is, so actually I was in New Jersey and uh, my favorite football team is Green Bay Packers. Their famous coach, Vince Lombardi from New Jersey. So I've got a Vince Lombardi quote about perfection. And he said that perfection is not attainable, but if you chase perfection, you can catch excellence. And so, you know, honestly, when we're doing these procedures, sometimes we try to achieve perfection with the artery and, and get the best looking results. And that's not always possible, but I think if we keep chasing it, we can, we can have excellence. And, and obviously the conference that you're at, it's trying to teach physicians about excellence and, and patient care for PAD. And then obviously the things that you're doing are, are trying to raise awareness for patients. I think that quote is so apropos because so many of these doctors, um, you know, all patients want from the doctor is that they're going to try their best. They're going to exhaust all efforts, particularly with peripheral artery disease. 
to, to save their limbs, they're going to do everything in their power to try and do it. And that's why, you know, a conference like this is so important because I think it's important for patients to know all of the new treatment options, all of the tools, all of the techniques, so they can have a more productive discussion with their doctor about what it means to exhaust those efforts um, to save life and limb. So coming up in just I agree 100%. We're going to have a few doctors that are here to present at the conference. They're going to join us. We have Dr. Kumar Matasari. We have Dr. Jay Matthews. We have Dr. James Andazanas here. We also have um, several pad warriors, as we call them, folks with peripheral artery disease, including one of our, our friends who's going to be presenting at the conference, Frank Diaz from Chicago. So we have a lot of exciting things coming up. So stay with us right here on the Heart of Innovation. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. We are live in Chicago today. At least I am. Dr. Phillips is in some airport somewhere. <laughs> Newark? Newark. That's right, Newark. <laughs> Where he was also um, helping with, uh, I think you were with a Cook Medical uh, seminar, trying to teach other doctors and clinicians um, some of the new cutting-edge tools and techniques, right? Yeah, that's correct. We're Again, if you're going to treat the patients that we're talking about today, that we've talked about in the past, and that I think we're going to have on the show, you have to be able to be pretty creative with, with getting the vessels open. And so this course was mainly designed to um, look for alternative access points, as we call it, or alternative ways to get into the arteries. Oh, that's fantastic. We always tell um, folks who have peripheral artery disease to always ask their doctor, um, what different approaches, you know, do you have, do you just access the arteries and come down from the groin or do you also have the ability to go in the arm and come all the way down or even go into the foot or the calf and come on up and try and tackle a blockage that way it's really important to have those multiple approaches you know in your little toolbox so that or at least the doctor does um, so that uh, you can give the patient the best chance 
at keeping their leg. Um, but speaking of some of the doctors that are on the cutting edge, we have Dr. Kumar Mataseri. We have Dr. Jay Matthews here. We have also Dr. James Antizana that's here with us. Um, and, and they've been here at the conference all week, uh, which is the cutting edge conference, the AMP conference. And uh, they wanted to share just some of the, the gaps they've found in healthcare for people in the most vulnerable communities who are suffering from PAD or peripheral artery disease, but also maybe some of the solutions they were hearing about. Dr. Kumar Matasari, I'm going to leave you with the mic. Well, thank you so much. And uh, great to be here. I appreciate the invite. Great to have John virtually, I guess, somewhere <laughs> in some bathroom in Newark, New Jersey. But um, <laughs> Uh, That's what I was wondering too. John, are you in the bathroom? Most likely. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sitting across I'm sitting across from uh, a, a very fancy uh, perfume shop, so um, I smell good at least. <laughs> so you smell good. Yeah, well, it's great. Great to hear from you, John. Um, he said perfume shop. Perfume shop. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds made up. Um, so you know, I think I think the the gaps and what we're missing for patients is it's probably common to everywhere. Uh, what we think is only happening in certain places actually happens right in your own backyard, whether you're in the city or you're in a rural area. I think the biggest gaps come from a lack of awareness, education and access into a system that we can have that has everybody following a pathway. We don't have a perfect pathway that everybody understands are their physicians uh, specialists and the care that's delivered is very uh, incongruent or not the same for everybody everywhere. So part of its access, part of it's on our part of it, the big problem is on us physicians to work together um, with government insurance to kind of make things easier for patients and never get to the point of being on miracle doctor's table, even though we love doing cases, the best thing you can do is not get on one of our tables. Um, so I think we can all do a better job, but in terms of the patients who need it, we need to be- find better solutions for educations and for getting them into a pathway of prevention and then proper first-time care if you need something, whether it be endovascular, surgical, if you need to get to that point. I think, to me, that's the biggest uh, gap is the lack of access for everybody and the lack of us doing a better job working together. Um, some of the solutions, I think we need to all band together in meetings like this, working with advocacy groups, working with the government insurance to try to figure out how do we set up quality-based outcomes and uh, measurements and systems because the cost of what we're dealing with is the highest cost to all of healthcare. So if we want to help everybody together and help the system, it's by working together on these. So I think we have to come from multiple angles, but it requires all of us to uh, work together. And I love that patients such as all you PAD warriors and everybody in the audience are such uh, advocates for yourselves because really it comes down to you and your families. Right. They have to fight for their limb. And, you know, I know it's, it's really important that everyone, you know, wants to trust and, and, you know, the doctor that they like. But the fact of the matter is, especially in healthcare today, and particularly with vascular disease, different doctors, different approaches, different tools, different philosophies, you know, there's so much that, that's happening. Innovation is happening at the speed of light. And you need to always get that second, maybe third. And you know what? Sometimes even a fourth opinion. Dr. Jay Matthews, otherwise known as Dr. Miracle. Uh, we had several of our, our pad warriors or peripheral artery disease patients who went to him and were told amputation was the only option. And he was able to go in and he was able to save their limb. Dr. Matthews. Well, thanks, Kim, for having me. Um, you know, it's, a, it's great to be here and great to be uh, uh, here with this organization doing uh, what I think is really important work in terms of increasing awareness and whatnot, too. And I think it's not just awareness for for patients, but also for physicians as well, too, because what we do see, there is a lot of disparate care 
And I think there are a lot of folks that are just unaware of what the options are. It's not just even at the patient level, but it's even at the provider level as well, too. So I think this is uh, an ongoing fight. Uh, we're going to continue to try to raise awareness as much as we can and, and try to, to try to get everyone to the same level. Uh, that being said, you know, these are really advanced therapies and advanced techniques and, uh, the technology is advancing dramatically. And, uh, you know, some of the new things that, you know, we're talking about a lot, you know, at this meeting and others is, uh, uh, you know, different ways of really figuring out when we're done and when we've done a good job, uh, uh, being able to, measure even things like tissue oxygenation at the level of the wound uh, with a non-invasive technique. So you know that there's actually oxygen getting to the wound itself. It's not just a pretty picture, but it's actually something that you've actually uh, done a good job and accomplished. And maybe this wound will be more likely to heal. Uh, other things too, is just in terms of care coordination and communication, uh, being able to connect patients directly with their physicians to be able to communicate pictures of their wounds and their feet after intervention so that we can see how things are progressing on a rapid basis. You know, sometimes it's hard with insurance and just even with access to be able to get in to see your physician in a timely fashion and just be able to communicate directly with your provider uh, and be able to show them what's happening so that, you know, if we need to do something ur- urgently and emergently, we can do so. Uh, and uh, the next level beyond that is, you know, uh, in taking that uh, coordination and then combining it with artificial intelligence technologies that will then be able to predict what those outcomes are going to be uh, afterwards. So not just uh, before the procedure, but during the procedure, but even afterwards. So these are some of the things that we're talking about uh, at this meeting and uh, at other meetings about future ways of really helping prevent uh, amputation and improving outcomes overall. Definitely. Um, we also have Dr. James Antizana here. So, you know, we're talking some of the gaps in, in healthcare when it comes to PAD and some of the solutions, things that you're learning here at the conference that are going to stick with you and maybe even change the game and, and how you treat patients. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Kim. It's a pleasure to be talking to this great community of uh, PAD warriors who suffer of a condition that, you know, sadly enough, could have been detected probably earlier on in their uh their state and maybe put a stop to it. I think that uh, medicine obviously is evolving. We're all evolving. The most important thing is communication, creating hotlines for people to be able to reach out, not just uh, the normal PAD warriors, but physicians, uh, physicians who are out in the outskirts of the community who don't have the expertise. We need to get in contact with people like us to do a lot of limb salvage. And we work with very complex uh, catheters and wires and atherectomy devices, et cetera, to get blood flow. I think there's a great opportunity in that. Um, but the most important thing is to have physicians communicate amongst each other, as well as having our primary care physicians detect the illness early on in the patient's condition. So we can put a stop to it, you know, and, uh, in, in, improve uh, the, uh, the all the comorbidities, uh, risk factor modification, exercise regimens that would increase collateral blood flow, etc. Thank you. Yeah, so you know a lot going on, John. You're missing everything here. <laughs> Kim, that's the first time you've ever called me John. So I'm, I'm really, I'm glad you've taken that next step in our relationship. Shoot. Just real quick. Are you st- I know. <laughs> Maybe in my tired I, I just, state, was, it's working out for you. I love it. No I love it. I would just add a couple of things. I mean, everybody's touched on, you know, the accessibility gap, the care delivery gap, and, and you know, that information gap too. So there's a lot of factors at work that 
I guess, get our patients um, to that point where they have a wound that, that probably you know, three or four months ago they didn't have that we could have maybe helped them with. Um, so for everything that we do today and we do in the future for the, about this show, is, 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 is it focuses on um, patient awareness, patient education, and, and saving the piggies. I agree. So on that note, we will be right back in just a moment right here on the Heart of Innovation. So stay with us. More to come. My symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg, but that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the Way to My Heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients, and we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our LegSaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. We have Dr. Phillips over in Newark, an airport <laughs> on his way um, back home, back to do cases at Ohio Health in, in Ohio, in Columbus. And I am broadcasting live in Chicago at a conference where it's almost there are two conferences. One just wrapped up where doctors were learning cutting edge techniques and tools for treating peripheral artery disease, those blocked arteries in the legs that, you know, caused by plaque build up. And so doctors are trying to learn all of the, the new approaches and philosophies. And then we also have a secondary conference with patients who suffer from peripheral artery disease that we're now going to share that information that we learned from the first conference with patients directly uh, in our second conference. And one of the doctors that is going to be presenting is Dr. El-Sayed Muhammad. He is right here in Chicago. And we're talking, you know, doctor, about the gaps in our healthcare system for patients with peripheral artery disease and some ideas for solutions. Do you want to chime in? Oh, sure, sure. Thank you so much, Kim. Uh, Thank you for having us here today and for organizing this. I think this is very important. Mm -hmm. there is, I can't emphasize much um, that we have to bridge that huge gap. Yep. We have um, areas where we have uh, highly experienced um, doctors doing great care uh, and in other areas where you have patients that are unable to get access right. to that care. So uh, it starts with education, 
and transformation of uh, all of that knowledge all across and, in, and informing, I think, in, very importantly, the patients that they could uh, have their own voice, look for an opinion, uh, research it for themselves, have uh, access to information for to educate their own self, and then also seek the care that best suits them. Um, and I think uh, on our end, we've been working hard with um, podiatrists and other physicians who are frontline and seeing people who need care and also um, advertising, you know, and letting patients know that there are therapies and mm-hmm. you shouldn't just fall into an amputation or live with a poor quality of life just because of your disease. Um, and I think we have too many doctors that are saying um, just because they don't have another option, that there's no option for these patients. And that's why it's really important for the patients themselves to feel empowered and do their research and be able to get another opinion as soon as possible to see that there are different doctors with different approaches, different tools, different techniques. Yes. Yes. I think, I think we've learned so much over the decades and now there are uh, almost always an option for something to be done. Mm-hmm. And you just have to explore and look into all of the possibilities and you'll probably find some, some place that you will get your options and taken care of. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, doctor. And, you know, speaking of a second opinion, we actually have Frank who's here with us. He's in Chicago. He is a pad warrior. He has peripheral artery disease and Second opinion, you had mentioned to me a number of times that that's something that you wish you'd done. Yes, that's right, Ken. Thanks for having me. Uh, Definitely important to be a little more aggressive at the time of the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I put all my faith in single surgeon and his team, and I went along with all the different opinions and treatments and everything that followed from diagnosis to amputation. And so if I had known then what I know now, of course, that's easy. But uh, it's uh, certainly very important to close that gap, especially in a big city like Chicago, which is a major medical Mm -hmm. hub. I think I get up and say, well, I can go to that hospital or that other clinic. They'll take me. They'll help me. But no, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, So now I uh, spend my time advocating for patients who should look into a second opinion and um, and see what what other options they have for uh, uh, salvaging their limbs. And you know what? Uh, I have an, another friend here who has peripheral artery disease who is nodding as Frank is saying, hey, it's so important to get a second opinion. Actually, Alan, that is something. Yeah, you're, you're nodding. It's something that's very important for you and you're doing right now. Um, yes, this is honestly a blessing for me. Um, the beginning of this year, I've had PAD for 10 years. Um, both my legs are bypassed. I have a tibial bypass. Um, I've had well over two dozen angiograms with repairs and, and discovery. Um, what has happened to me in the past three months is my, my legs started throwing clots. And um, they've done another bypass and so forth. And just recently, uh, don't want to take too long, uh, but I was talking to several people here. Uh, and I'm kind of rambling. I'm so sorry. You're doing uh, great. Uh, <laughs> I know it's always hard. You oh, know, it's, it, it's, it's a very um, tough illness, both physically it, it, and mentally. It's such a long story. My, my story is long. And I, uh, 
I'd write a small book. Um, <laughs> but I thought after just having a thrown back to me, um, which last, is the removal of that's plots, the removal of plots, correct, mm -hmm. and the lower leg, and it, seeing my doctor calling him on Sunday, and I could hear change in his tone um, on on the phone that there was nothing he could do. <sighs> that's painful, and so something's going on. I'm telling him, throw my arms up in the air, help me. And I went and saw him on Monday morning, and there's just nothing there. Yeah. And as as a patient, I've been with this this group for ten years, and you put so much faith into them. And even at Cleveland Clinic, having a younger doctor, and this is what I don't want people to do that have this disease because I almost did it, and it's very recent is to say, okay, my legs are going to be amputated. Get comfortable with it. You're going to have um, prosthetics. And I was all set in my, my mind. Mm -hmm. The local hospital, no other options. I had a young surgeon that's the, the cowboy of the group in the vascular surgery at Cleveland Clinic yeah. tell me there's nothing we can do. The new procedures don't last that long. So they, they, they're downplaying. They're seriously downplaying this, knowing that I have a choice. Mm -hmm. And so I came home after that visit that night. I said, you know, I joined an amputee group. Let's go ahead on Facebook. Let's go ahead and see if there's a PAB sport group. And that's where I met this angel. Aww. And within 10 minutes, I had answers. Yeah. And I was so ready to up. And thank you for what you have done to bring change to my life. Of and have course. a choice. Of course. Don't listen to your doctors. Well, I Especially wouldn't say don't listen, listen to them. But <laughs> it's, it's the old way of thinking that has to be changed in the medical field. Right. And especially... You have to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. So that was the wrong thing to say, because as I understand it, I've never been to Chicago in the medical arena up here to understand that you're treated as a person and not so much. You're in a surgery, out of surgery and get through like cattle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's amazing is, is right here right now for the very first time. I, you know, Alan is meeting Dr. Kumar Matasari, who's right here, who, who feels the pressure. And that's where he's going to get the second opinion from Dr. Matasari. And, and just hearing his story for the first time and knowing that you're going to have, you know, be seeing him very soon and providing him with a little bit of hope. You know, what's your reaction? Um, first of all, I apologize for what we have done in the system to you. Um, that's not fair. And, you know, we battled this um, regionally, locally, even within your own institutions or it happens. We are all not on the same page. And I wish we all were. We here in this meeting are on the same page and we have a passionate following around the global that we're trying to build. But even within the same area, we can't be on the same page. But I apologize for what's happened to you. And we will do we'll find some way to do something now. Every single patient who comes in with like, let's see, you got a car accident, some amputation are necessary, but these amputations should be prevented. These are the ones that we should never get to the point of saying there's nothing left until three experts tell you there's nothing left. And that's a very rare situation. 
the only way we've innovated all these things and we've come up with these techniques and procedures that, yes, we don't have 50-year data on, but if we get you 10 years and we're still talking about the next one by then, we've won. You know, So uh, there's a lot to do that can be done. It's just a matter of all of us working together and networking. I mean, I think this is, a, this is an incredible network you guys have. There's no such thing like this five, 10 years ago. We just had to wait till somebody accidentally found you. But we hope this network grows like a virus and we hope that uh, it spreads everywhere. But patients are the best advocates for themselves. Nobody will care for you like yourself. On that note, we will be right back with the Heart of Innovation. So stay with us. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this fantastic show. Uh, Kim is live in Chicago. I'm live in the New York airport. We've been discussing healthcare kind of inequities, disparities, particularly in our patients with tuberculosis arterial disease. And, and Kim, several times now you've mentioned a pad warrior. Um, yeah. I know this is part of your, the innovation, you know, the weight of my heart and, and kind of what, what, what drives you. But tell me, well, what's a pad warrior? Maybe, I guess, Douglas is there, too. Douglas is a pad warrior and, and invented the statement, right? So maybe he can share with us, too. Yeah, Douglas. So you're actually the one who coined the phrase pad warrior. Um, of course, peripheral artery disease, PAD or PAD, uh, it's a disease restricted blood flow for those who are just joining us. Restricted blood flow in the legs, mainly uh, due to plaque buildup. It can cause horrible symptoms, leg pain, leg cramps, um, all of the above. And they have to get a doctor to unblock those arteries ultimately before there ultimately is no option. We're saying that there are more options, but amputation is a last resort. But Douglas, pad warrior, what is a pad warrior? Why did you coin that phrase? The original phrase came to me because I'm also in recovery and I got 40 years in recovery. So I know what it takes. And when I first joined the group and listening to the stories on the Internet and on Facebook, it was like, these are warriors. These are people who have been given no hope that are still getting up every day and taking a step and and, and walking when we don't want to walk no more, when it hurts so bad. And it's It's like what he was talking about, uh, having hope and having the doctors now that are giving us the hope and us working together. There's no I in team. So it's all of us working together to make the change. Fantastic. So, John, that's what a pad warrior is. Right. But, Kim, you don't have PAD and and you're a warrior as well. What uh, where do you get that that fire in, in your belly to do what you do? You know, I've always been one that's been very empathetic and I really feel in my heart of hearts, it's my my life's purpose to save life and limb. And it started out with saving my dad's life with everything that I had learned while covering a story about new devices in healthcare to treat peripheral artery disease and heart disease. And then saying, wow, I, the high touch advocacy Using the information that I've learned in my journey to save my dad, I need to provide it for everyone else. So I gave up my career in journalism and decided to pursue my life's purpose in saving life and limb and being that high-touch advocate 
for patients around the world. And our network now has 11,000 patients with peripheral artery disease that we are saving life and limb on a daily basis, empowering them with the right information, the cutting edge tools and techniques. And as Douglas said, and Alan before the break had said, it's providing them with hope. Hope is incredibly powerful. Gigi is here. She's also a pad warrior. Hope is really the most powerful medicine really for peripheral artery disease, right? That's correct. Um, And thank you for having me here. Yes, it really is hope because I was unsure of what was going to be next. I did. um, I've seen three different surgeons um, before finally having my procedures done. um, And I was told that I am not in jeopardy of losing any limbs yet, but I, yet. I also had a 30-year smoking history mm-hmm. that I, um, of course, had to stop immediately um, or as quickly as possible because I didn't want to risk having to go through this again. Yeah. But I know there are other patients that are much worse off than what I was because they are in jeopardy of losing limbs and toes and feet and, and other things that that's not good. So for the doctors to be able to explain to a patient in better detail, what they're about to do, that would be greatly appreciated from a patient standpoint because then we know what to expect going in. Now, I did have fairly good surgeons who did explain things to me. Um, and because of my, my work history as a medical transcriptionist, I was very familiar with the terminologies. I, I knew more than the regular person. You were ahead of the game. Yeah, I was a little bit ahead of it because I knew what they were talking about. I knew what part of the body we were in and all of that. You know, so um, before to have a physician who can actually sit with you, not make you feel like, well, I have to see five patients in 30 minutes. Right. Because so many times doctors offices, they overbook these doctors and coming from where I come from, I see doctors trying to see patients in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. But what if. I got a question that it might take you longer than 10 minutes to answer. So I just don't want the doctors to feel like, you know, they have to rush through explaining things to patients, especially if it's their first time being diagnosed. Right. Because you don't want it to be scary. No. And especially peripheral artery disease is a lifelong journey that cannot be explained in just 10 minutes. It's like, oh, here, your life's changed forever. See you later. I had symptoms all the way back from 2015 that I can say now this was going on back then, but I just put it off, kept putting it off. Oh, I'm not going to worry about it. It's just, I need to work out. I'm just deconditioned, but it was much more than that. And I wish I just would have had the thoughts to, to get it checked out sooner. Were you diagnosed right away when you went in and you complained of the leg pain, the fatigue, the cramps? Yes, not diagnosed initially, but they initiated the testing. 
Okay. And then I had the testing with the guy and, and all of that. And then that's when he really sat down with me and showed me where the blocks were. And I couldn't believe it. And from my knee down on both sides, we have three arteries down there. Two are blocked on both wow, sides. So you only had one vessel one. feeding blood my to feet. your feet. One. And that is still true today. And he, the last scan that I had, which was just the Doppler thing on my leg, mm-hmm. he said, oh, well, everything's still open. You got good blood flow. But on my right leg, which is the leg with the stents, at my foot, that artery that comes down the middle, no sound. Oh, wow. It's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> just, what does that mean? You know, he just said that one is blocked. Completely. Did they fix it? No. Not yet? No. I was told that they cannot because of where my shin bone sits and where the artery is located behind that shin bone. And they're saying, oh, it would be so difficult. And we have actually Dr. Chopra that just joined here. He wants to say a quick thing. And we have 30 seconds. So you have uh, about 20 seconds to say, and then we can have more from you. He's sitting here. He's listening to what Gigi is saying. There's no hope. She has one vessel runoff. What do you say? Actually, now we can still open blockages that have been blocked forever. And we can even go from the foot now from the, yes, yes there's a lot of options. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Dr. Phillips? Yeah, I, again, I... Like we've talked about it, get a second opinion. Don't take no for an answer. Be your own best advocate as a patient. On that note, we'll be right back on The Heart of Innovation. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Dr. Phillips, it was amazing that just before the break, we had Gigi that was sharing her story of having peripheral artery disease, and her doctor had said, hey, you have one vessel runoff. You have three vessels that are in the cap that feed the foot with blood flow. You only have one. The other two are blocked, but there's nothing we can do about it. And then Dr. Chopra, who's here in the Chicago area, says, uh, hey, wait a minute. And he walks over and he said, well, no, we can do it. We can open it up. So she just got her second opinion and she might have a new doctor to see now. <laughs> Amazing. Real time. Right. And she says, that's what we do with the way to my heart. <laughs> and we have one more here. We have uh, Derek, another pad warrior who's right here who wanted to share. You know, we're talking about the gaps in the healthcare system that um, and, and the possible solutions. We have just a couple minutes here. Do you want to share what you have to say? Um, I just think they need to, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, of course. I just think they need more communication because uh, a lot of the doctors I went to first with my problems didn't communicate amongst themselves, you know, and just would pass you off on to another doctor. Um, I just feel like it needs more communication and you have to get, get with somebody soon because it progresses extremely quick. I know with mine, it, it started with a toe and it immediately progressed to, having three or four amputations almost immediately. So you just more communication, uh, get your care quickly, Mm -hmm. you know, because it will progress too fast. 
And also a, con- uh, a more consistency in the diagnosis. You weren't even diagnosed with peripheral artery disease right away. Actually, until after your first amputation, what did they tell you you had going on that was causing or leading to the amputation? And you're right. They, they didn't say anything about pad. I never knew what pad was uh, until after they cut a couple of toes off. Uh, they were just saying it was complications of diabetes. And that it was, was like, it. That was it. That's all they were leaving me with. Wow. And then you didn't even have them try to unblock your arteries until after, what, two amputations? Two or three of the toes were off, and they said they wouldn't go below the knee because it was radical. And so you, because it was radical. You mm-hmm. hear that, John? It's crazy. Well, so, you know, uh, that is crazy. But, but, you know, at the at the end of the day, like, we've been advocates for patients for, you know, all of our shows here, Kim. And it, it just, I think about, and maybe it's not the best analogy, but I think about someone getting a cancer diagnosis and then, you know, going to an oncologist and getting a treatment plan that may not jive with what they're thinking or, or whatnot. Most people get second opinions for, for cancer therapy. So everybody should get a second opinion that has this, you know, has PAD or, or critical ischemia, in my opinion. I think that that's incredibly important um, as well. And I think that that is as we wrap up here uh, with our final thoughts and the message that we really want to get across to not only pad warriors or people who suffer from peripheral artery disease or any vascular disease, heart disease, always get the second opinion. And that's really what we're learning, that different doctors, different tools, different techniques, different philosophies You have to be your own advocate. And yes, you might want to trust and like your doctor and they may be the best person in the world. They might be the number one in the world, but it's really important for you and in saving your life and limb that you always get a second opinion. And on that note, we really appreciate everyone joining us, all of the pad warriors, the doctors for participating in our show today and being so candid. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go to theheartofinnovation.org to find out more and see all of our episodes. Listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real time support, and high touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and take a stand against amputation. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.